Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Welcome to a special episode of Pit Stop, taking a break from the normal tactics to test something new, recap what's going on this week. Joining me is Philip Jackson, host of Future Commerce and a number of other podcasts and ventures in the e-commerce space. But uh, I know that you work at a formal agency with something digital now, it's RightPoint, and you've done a ton of work with Magento, which I think is now called Adobe Commerce, but we'll probably get into that. That's a whole a thing. Yeah. And they had their big summit this week. Uh, Serena Williams was there all, all virtually, but uh, another topic for another day of just how virtual conferences can bring in a lot more bespoke content from big name and A-list celebrities. But let's chat for maybe 10, 15 minutes about what we can take away from the summit and how it will impact a, the e-commerce ecosystem, but also those of us who are on Magento specifically. Mm. Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, How was my intro? What did, I, what did I screw up there? No, it was great. I, I love it. And uh, you gave us like a 15-minute window. My gosh, I don't, I've never been on a 15-minute podcast, so we're going to have to move uh, here. Uh, promise we're probably going to go long. Uh, yeah, great to be on the show. Love Rolled Up. Love what you're doing. Uh Gosh, I, it's been years now since uh, we met and we're finally getting to do something together. Uh, let's hit a couple things because I think they're really important out of the gate. Uh, Magento is still very much a player in the world. Um, I know that it it certainly doesn't have the sheen on it that it used to. It's changed hands a lot of times. It's you know not even sloppy seconds at this point. It's like sloppy thirds. Um, it's it's you know it's. I think it's it rubbed to filthy fifths, but that's, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's quite a few uh, these days. Uh, almost three years ago, um, actually no, now exactly three years ago, acquired by Adobe, and uh, you know once upon a time I was Mister Magento. My license plate said Magento. I was number two in the world on Stack Overflow. Uh, for Magento specific questions. I'm a four-time Magento master. I, you know, I hosted, I was the MC of Magento's annual event multiple years in a row and, you know, wow. got to hang out with uh, Gary V and, uh, and, you know, do like uh, really fun events with those, especially with the Adobe crew. And um, we, you know, we did a lot of things, uh, filmed a lot of uh, really cool stuff uh, with Adobe. And so I was deep in that world. I ate, slept, breathed, drank, you know, I, everything I did was, was Magento. And, uh, but these days, you know, having uh, moved over to RightPoint and chief commerce officer at RightPoint, you know, I, I think about all of the e-commerce platforms, uh, all the ways we engage in commerce these days. So Adobe is certainly a big part of the pie, but Adobe is way more formidable than I think it's being given credit for. So I think it's important to understand what, how they're seeing themselves in the market uh, what their go-to-market is and like understand what the offerings are that they have and realize that you cannot simultaneously say, well, Shopify owns e-commerce and then say, but big CPG is going to dominate, right? When CPG wakes up to e-commerce, the small direct-to-consumer players uh, will have a, you know, it'll be the, David, the, the sort of proverbial David and Goliath 
pairing, except in this case, you know, you, it's not one Goliath, it's like 20 Goliaths. PNG and Unilever are spending hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. on acquiring a couple of natural deodorant companies. Imagine what they're going to spend opening up their essentially private label online grocery shopping experience. And we see all of that. You know, so we where we sit in the ecosystem, uh, RightPoint is a, a CX strategy consultancy, consultancy uh, headquartered out of Chicago. But our parent company at RightPoint is GenPact, which is, you know, ninety thousand uh, person organization, um, which you know delivers digital transformation. And our clients are the biggest CPG brands in the world. And every one of them, I see every RFP, I see every RFI, I know what they're building, I know wh- what they're looking to build it on, and uh, for some of them, uh, when go to, you know, like quick speed to market and, and, uh, scrappiness is needed. Well, they're not reaching for Magento. They're reaching for Shopify, but by and large, when they're making big considered investments, especially in B2B, uh, Magento is still very much the, you know, the platform of choice. And, um, but so, okay. So I've defended Magento enough, but let's talk. I thought maybe we could recap. Summit, yeah. so I could tell tell the people what <laughs> what happened. Um, so I love. Yes, covering... let's start there, there yeah. because I know that you were paying um, a lot more attention than me, which is why I, I brought you on and didn't do a solo solo episode. So I'm just gonna sit back and, and take some notes <laughs> and and uh, hopefully sound intelligent at the uh, at the end of it. Well, so let's let's talk a, a little bit about Adobe's strategy. So Adobe has never been a house of brands, right? So uh, Adobe is a branded house. So every acquisition, I mean, from Macromedia 15 years ago to Omniture 10 years ago, uh, you know, to all of the products of the last decade uh, that they've acquired eventually come and roll up on... What is it? Marketo. Great example. Um, uh, All of these products in their own right eventually roll up under the Adobe brand. Uh, they become a product in a portfolio that is a, you know, that that sort of becomes a uh, a, a verb <laughs> and not necessarily a brand. The brand goes away. And that's uh, certainly what's happened with Magento. Magento uh, is going away as a commercial product in name only. Uh, it's being rebranded to Adobe Commerce. Magento as an open source project and a foundation will continue. Uh, but they are completely and wholly separated now from uh, Adobe, the commercial product, the Adobe Commerce stack, which is the cloud product and and the on-prem product. Uh, the enterprise version of the software suite is licensing, you know, the, the open source software that is called Magento, but they are now very separate organizations. Uh, why is that important? Well, Adobe hasn't stopped acquiring things. When you look at Marketo as part of the family, as you mentioned, uh, but they've now acquired Workfront in the last six or eight months, I believe. Uh, and Workfront is a really interesting addition to the Adobe Experience platform. Um, because the idea here is that uh, teams uh, have to work together to produce work output, but they don't really have a system to coordinate in and plan in. Uh, and uh, so there is no really like an employee experience part of managing all of these creative suites, uh, all of these, you know, ex- experience platform suites. It's you, you plan marketing campaigns somewhere, but it's not in an Adobe product. And so they would like you to plan the things that you're going to schedule. Uh, and it, like the whole ecosystem should be interconnected so that you can plan resourcing, uh, you can plan um, 
do campaign planning, employee resourcing, uh, outside vendor management, and put all of that together to in the same suite of products that you're actually like launching the campaigns through, that you're launching mar marketing campaigns through, that you're putting content live in, defining customer segments, and uh, you know launching new products to sites. So all of this stuff is one cohesive ecosystem, theoretically, in, in the future. Now, Workfront is brand new uh, to the stack, but a lot of the programming this week around Adobe Summit is really just celebrating, one, it's now part of the Adobe Experience platform, but two, uh, there's actually a solution that I don't think most businesses realize that they have a problem that needs to be solved, which is really interesting for us. Uh, so right point we have four solution areas. I'm, I'm the head of uh, our com commerce go-to-market uh, for RightPoint. Uh, and so commerce is one solution. Uh, CX or customer experience is another. Digital experiences and digital products uh, like AR, VR, um, uh, in-car experiences that you might see for like Tesla or GM is another. And then employee experience is that fourth pillar. And it's so underserved. Uh, and traditionally is like, oh, we're just going to brand SharePoint. Um, and so seeing a modern piece of software that comes into the stack where marketers might be able to coordinate with outside vendors and work together in the same suite of software that's interconnected with all the things that you like in all the things that might become part of like the output of the, the work you're doing in the channel. It's actually really important. And that really ties in very strongly to how they see this as like, this whole thing needs to be one ecosystem that's interconnected. And I don't think anybody else can tell that story, Lucas. No. You know, and I'm like, just, yeah. I'm trying to think of if we were, uh, we're both using Sure microphones, let's go, go ahead and use them as an example. Yeah. But if we're running Sure, we have so much that we need in terms of our creative assets for in store and distribution and now direct to consumer, but we also need to showcase how all of that works. So maybe going from creating that creative in the creative cloud from social posts in Spark to having the Sure podcast being edited in Audition and, st mm -hmm. and stuff in Premiere, obviously Photoshop uh, and Illustrator, all the way to getting put on the website for opening up a distributor only portal for North America, Latin America, Europe, mm -hmm. Asia, Australia, etc. Now we're starting to have a lot more layers plus consumerization in all those regions and languages. It gets pretty heavy, pretty fast, not to mention all the logistical challenges that the last year and change mm -hmm. has, has brought us to say, well, you know what, uh, the MV7, it's way overselling because everyone's interested in podcasts. Well, if we go into Omniture and we look at the data, we could actually see right around April of last year how to start a podcast in our content and our products around that. And even search on site of best podcast, Mike was really picking up. You can piece a lot of that together, but there, I think there is something to be uh, said theoretically about doing that with uh, one cohesive suite. Mm -hmm. Or another example of, uh, since we talked about CPG, the fitness bar. Uh, sales are actually down when a lot of fitness products are up and they've been a little bit slower to recover. So how can you take all of that data and really forecast that over the next 18 months at scale when it's stuff that for a company like Sure, uh, one little bottleneck can can impact everything if you don't have enough XLR adapter <laughs> pieces. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're, you can't ship it out or package it. 
like people forget packaging and that can cause a huge huge backlog and so i think there is something to be said about creating a mock-up of say a new packaging being able to submit it to your project management tool and then getting pushed back to say no that won't work in australia because it doesn't have this warning label on it those are what you're bringing up is a really good point because this sounds like you know in your example sure is actually a, a pretty mature organization that's multi you know uh, uh, multi-regional uh, really has some pretty clear strategies of how they're like going to ena- enable certain kinds of like omni-channel behaviors with their customer. You can't really do those things with any sort of ease in the way that e-commerce is being done today. It's very fragmented and the ecosystem is. is certainly more interconnected than it has ever been if you're just purely looking at like the little silos of of data that we have given to third-party technology partners and and uh, the Clavio, Yapo, Nasto, you know, whatever it's of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there is more capability of interlinking those things and sharing commonalities amongst them, like a customer segmentation definition, okay? Mm-hmm. But but you're still spending a huge amount of money and time on conduit software. But you're which, li- and all of those things too, Lucas. Like you're yeah. you're you have to live in four pieces of software to have one cohesive journey. And, and for a larger company, it's four contracts, different expiry dates. It's like hot dogs. If you've ever and buns. been through, yeah, you ever been through procurement with like L'Oreal? Eighteen months, buddy. Yeah. And just for a single <laughs> vendor. And I'm not kidding. Um, I, and I know so, you're not. and it just when, it blows my mind because by the time the procurement's done, the thing you were first selling doesn't exist. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and and, and like you wonder how ago, we didn't have COVID. Why are all these brands on Oracle Commerce Cloud? Oh, God, because if you were put in the same position and for vendor procurement, you would just be choosing whatever it is they already had, you know, set up as as their vendor, uh, too. And so, uh, this is this is kind of where this is what's really special about an enterprise grade tool that does so very many things. So if I, if you were to tow the Adobe line for a minute, Mm -hmm. you can, let's think about the funnel. You can acquire customers with their ad cloud. Their ad cloud has this data overlay capability where you can define anonymized customer segments and competitively conquest against your competition. That is not a thing that most marketers know how to do today, just living in sort of in, you know, in Facebook ad manager um so no no, it's funny ios 14 took care of that for everyone well (laughs) so but there's also the 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 allowance of purchase and overlay of two-party uh of of second party data so if you go to something like an experian um and you want to be able to uh, recognize and um and be able to provide personalized and targeted experiences to customers based on some sort of profile data that you may uh, have licensed this is certainly still a possibility um it's so important because, well, how do you drive that into a segmentation engine? Hey, they have something in their CDP called Audience Manager, and it does intelligent segmentation. In fact, today, they showed a capability of doing uh, uh, interaction and dwell time segmentation. So if you spend a lot of time highlighting certain amounts of text, uh, if you spend a lot of time reading down reviews, if you spend a lot of time looking at specific images on a page, and then you result in a transaction event, well, I can create segments around the things that emotionally and like uh, impacted you in the purchase of that sale. Oh, wow. And, and so you can... example. If you're looking at pet, not only was it dog or cat, what breed was it? And precisely. That's right. why... 
um, like a lot of pet food companies, especially ones that are sold at um, veterinary clinics, it's essentially the same formula, but they put a different dog on the package and one little supplement for that breed because they know that the German Shepherd buyers are going to be different than the pug buyers. Right. And and if you can imagine now to the point where, okay, well, we, we've, we're acquiring customers, we're acquiring new customers, we're specifically, you know, spending paid you know, marketing campaigns against them. Uh, we're still living in all the same software. Now I have asset management where uh, and stock pho- photography that's all sort of linked into all these data points to say, um, well, all of my assets, I want to be able to vary based on customer segmentation. Well, oh, cu- customer segment's still part of that ecosystem of all the things I just mentioned. So we also now have personalization that's baked into that. And now you're on the actual site experience, which could be AEM, it could be um, uh, which Adobe Experience Manager, it, which is you know a highfalutin CMS. Um, it could be Magento. Now we have all of that information uh, is driving to uh, follow up engagement campaigns in in in, in email, which is Adobe Campaign. Um, all of that creative can still be segmentation that's driving into uh, all of that follow up and transactional. And uh, the on-site experience, hey, like once you've, once you've purchased, all that information goes into a CDP that works for both B2C and B2B. Um, so long story short, hey, and how are you going to fulfill it? Uh, well, they just announced a FedEx partnership with ShopRunner. So like you don't have to leave the ecosystem at all to have one set of tools where you can create journey maps, they're visual, and create you know, create very specific types of offers that are only shown to certain segments that are based on certain behaviors. And you don't have to try to weave four software packages together to make it happen. Now, is it as easy as they per- make it out to be? Probably not. Uh, but in all of my experiences in us having won awards and implementing the entire stack for Rite Aid uh, a year and a half ago, it all is possible and it can be done. Uh, I think right now it's available to certain businesses with a certain kind of scale, but the uh, the promise is that this becomes a capability and a stack that becomes more uh, accessible to the mid-market, however it is that you might define that. And, you know, Adobe might say that's, you know, companies under a billion dollars, but that's, you know, billion is a big number. Um, it although it's getting more and more attainable for mm-hmm. a lot of companies, which is which is crazy to, to think that it's not unheard of. We... We very likely have met people who will become billionaires in their lifetime and probably had dinner, just casual conversations with them. Yeah, Uh, they're all crypto billionaires. But yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, So, yeah, this is when you when you kind of drink the Kool-Aid of the Adobe ecosystem, and I certainly can be more pragmatic about it than I've been for the last 15 minutes. But I there is a promise here that I don't know that many other software platforms are are being as aspirational around and trying to 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 conquer every part of not just the customer journey but the employee experience and how they're making their jobs happen um because if you've worked i don't know if you've ever worked in an agency or if you ever worked you know certainly you've worked brand side and worked in, in enterprise SaaS. the employee experiences are you know as cobbled together as a bunch of e-commerce can be too. It's, it's you know, maybe you're working in Monday over here, or you're working in Airtable over there, and you've got a bunch of Google Sheets, and, you know, you have a Notion knowledge base, and it's, it's extremely fragmented, and nobody really has any idea what their time or resourcing looks like, and you oh, let's slot this campaign, and you have no idea if that, like, what that does to the rest of your timeline, because you don't really have project management. Like, those are all things that also need to be solved. 
and I haven't even touched on like service decks, desk and CX, um, which is, you know, another Wild West frontier for, you know, it, also quite interrelated to all the things that we just talked about. I'm pretty impressed uh, with, you know, I mean, listen, the, the, the event itself was probably one of the better virtual events I've ever been to. Um, the production quality was just out of this world. They've ha had like 400 some sessions um, that wow. are all produced and they're extremely well produced. Live moderators on each one of them. Uh, it was free to attend for anybody, uh, which is just bonkers cool. So yeah, I mean, I, I I could probably just keep beating the drum, but I I think there we could talk about some of the other things that happened around it that weren't just like product based. But I, I think that's the thing that people just have missed is like people have just counted Adobe out as you know big legacy software, and I think that's uh, certainly not the case. Definitely not the case. No, and I think at least because I've never done a ton of or really very much in the Magento ecosystem and certainly not to the extent that you have, but it doesn't necessarily, it never made sense to me why people counted it out when something needs to get you from a high revenue number up to a, a billion dollars, which is absurd things to just be casually saying. But something has to get you there, whether it's a hot up-and-coming brand that was launched five years ago or a legacy brand like Sure. When you have multiple agencies, just multiple people working on the same thing, but for maybe you don't like Commerce Cloud from Salesforce, yep. you really don't want to go Oracle because you've been on them for the last 20, minute, 20 years. <laughs> and you just don't want to go on Shopify for whatever reason or big commerce. So there needs to be something to really bridge that, that gap. Well, I I've been saying for five or six years now that, you know, if you're on Magento, you better have a darn good reason. You know, there's for all its power, right? Great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the Spider-Man of platforms. You know, but it's like, it's like anything. If people ask you why, why did you choose this platform, whether it's Shopify or Big Commerce or anything, or WooCommerce or Wix, you should have a reason to be on it. Even if it's oh, I saw their commercials, I collected and did everything that I needed to do. That's great. It does everything that <laughs> yeah. you needed to do. You yeah, you made a conscious effort or decision. Yeah, that's one of those. But 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 at the same time, right? There's a a new generation of software these days where uh, more of your time can be spent in doing the things you should probably be doing as an e-commerce business, which is trying to acquire and retain traffic, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to try to actually like do your job and, and stop being a technologist. And having spent 10 years building e-commerce and direct-to-consumer businesses, uh, you know, in, in, in the era that sort of straddled the we didn't have platforms and then we did have platforms, you know, era. I went from custom software to implementing, you know, Magento and OS Commerce and Xcart and some of the others. And having lived in that time in those worlds, like we had to be technologists. You do mm -hmm. not have to be a technologist today. I think it's a choice to want to, whether you need to be a technologist is up to you. 99.9% uh, .9 of e-commerce businesses don't need to be mired in the technology and making a choice to go to uh, say like a Magento, I think is very much a choice to say we have to, like we have to own the technology. So you better have a darn, darn good reason. Um, that darn good reason better differentiate you in the marketplace in a really big way or must have come with something like a compliance factor that you couldn't achieve otherwise. Like we have clients that are doing e-commerce in healthcare. And so there's a HIPAA requirement. And so, you know, there's certainly some 
big hills to climb there, especially with integration points and, you know, and data privacy and, uh, and encryption, um, all kinds of things like requires even agencies to hold certain ISO certifications. And like, it, it's a really tough challenge to solve for that. Yeah, it's not for the 99.9%. <laughs> like, we're, we're talking about a really small group of uh, of uh, it's the surface area for deployment is extremely small, but the the need for the platform that can do it, especially on premise, is very much there. And if you look at the way that platforms, you just want a trailing indicator, like a lagging indicator of e-commerce is still growing in on-prem. Look no further than the growth of uh, AWS and Azure, because especially Azure. Uh, there's so many uh, businesses that are still deploying there and there, you know, there's a, a huge amount of growth. Um, but I digress that I, I, I'll just be the apologist. But, yeah. but even um, in Canada, we are running up on, on time, but having sensitive data that gets held or warehoused in the U.S. is a big issue for for a lot of brands when the OCS, the Ontario Cannabis Store, launched mm -hmm. with legal cannabis on Shopify. I know it was, uh, like I've heard third hand, that it was a big deal of, well, where is that data hosted? And I know that um, in some of my time as well, at various companies, that that's a big thing. Where is that data going? Because it is a government-regulated industry. Yes. Uh, and I think that, you know, the way that they've solved, I mean, God, God, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. And uh, uh, those kinds of challenges will always exist. And that's why I think that there's plenty of you know room at the table for all of the platforms. I think they all have their merits in their own right. I think there's something really unique around the Adobe suite that I don't think has existed before and is probably a bunch of sort of marketing and comms and PR hype uh, mm -hmm. to some degree. Uh, there's a lot of slick demos. I don't believe that, you know, I don't, I don't buy into all of it. Um, but there's a really interesting thing they're trying to solve for, which is one hand to shake and in every channel. Generalist platforms mean, are, are typically not good at any one thing. So I, you know, what, what, I guess it, it remains to be seen, like, are all of these best in class solutions for exactly the one thing they're trying to solve for? I guess we'll have to kind of figure that out. Um, no, but even, um, and it's the, the old socket, um, like socket wrench analogy, yeah. buy the cheap kit and replace the one that wears out fastest. You can start with a whole suite. And then if one aspect is no longer doing what you need, maybe it's the, the project management piece, you can replace that or move to, especially with the rise of headless commerce, anything coming up in that space to do a totally custom front end and then have something else manage the back end. So I think that the option, especially it's still so such early days, two, three years from now will be you have a, a full suite that does what you need it to do. And then as you find what's working well and really what you're buying that brand of Adobe software for, whether it's yeah. Magento, Rightpoint, et cetera, you keep that and then slowly replace the other portions as it goes in and you have a, a true CTO building that out for you. I, and and it, listen, this is all complicated stuff, but I think if you look at the, what the biggest brands in the world are doing and the platforms that they're adopting, you know, they want, there, there's some, some necessity around, you know, them kind of fitting their existing uh, or, or them 
going to tackle very specific types of challenges with uh, you know a one one kind of software suite. Uh, and when you look at CPGs, you know you've ninety five brands across four continents. You know, like are you mm-hmm. really going to? At some point, you're going to say, "Okay, wait, hold on." <laughs> How do we serve the whole globe, multi-store, uh, with different requirements in each geo, but still have you know a handful of tech tech investments? The the heterogeneity and of like the their their maturities are all over the place. Uh, they're all owning their own you know regions. They all have different. Uh, so much heterogeneity in their tech investments, which means they're all of their vendor agreements are all over the place too, because they all have their own ecosystems. It's it just like at some point when you say, hey, we want to have one unified strategy across all the brands, right? We want to have a center of excellence that we can deploy our knowledge from one successful launch to the next. You kind of wind up choosing this ecosystem, an ecosystem like this. And it might be Salesforce. Like Salesforce mm-hmm. is a very, has a very powerful ecosystem too. Um, but you're going to choose one of them. And that's the kind of business that we go after. It's the thing that we're very good at. And we are the strategic partner. We're not just the SI, we're the strategic partner for you to figure out how do you get all of these brands to all start rowing in the same direction. Uh, well, you don't do that by having 20 e-commerce platforms that are all of various ages <laughs> and and all in various states of disrepair. Uh, and that's where we come in. I uh, I, for the first time in a couple of years, am kind of excited about Adobe. And it it sounds like it because I think that, and this is probably a good point to wrap up, not just because we're coming up on the top of the hour as we, we record, but I, I think because you're a professional and you teed me up for it. But <laughs> just being able to start to see all of these acquisitions that make sense with um, going back, like you said, Macromedia on, online and web experiences. They just happen to be commerce experiences now. Uh, Omniture, getting that true data that goes beyond uh, Google Analytics. And when you have 104 weeks of Nelson data that you're trying to put in to see how your store promos do around certain holidays, how does that impact your website sales? And then with Magento and Marketo, it, it really did start to make it apparent, but really how do the large CPG brands compete against the Walmarts and Best Buys and Wayfarers and obviously Amazons Mm -hmm. of the world when they are sold in, say, 85 countries globally in six different languages? That's it. You you nailed it. And that's where I, I feel like we're, we, the greatest, let's say opportunity so that I, I have a positive, we go out on a positive note. The yep. greatest opportunity is for us to kind of cut out the tribalism around e-commerce platform affinity in the e-commerce world. Put direct-to-consumer aside for a second, but the whole of e-commerce is still very much a small, it's, especially in North America, it's a small community. Mm-hmm. And we would all do well if we all realized that, hey, the tribalism isn't helping anybody. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's not us versus them. It's like, it's us all together trying to uh, make our industry thrive. And if we could all do that in our own little areas of the world, and we could do that in a way that's equitable for other people to join and learn from each other, rather than compete with each other, I think we'd all be better for it. And maybe I've walked into this conversation with a chip on my shoulder about the way that people think of, you know, big enterprise platforms. I certainly, uh, I yeah, I've, I've fielded some of that. But I, I do think that I remember a time 10 years ago where there was a much 
you know, it was more communal and very campfire feel uh, around the way that we all shared, mm -hmm. you know, had shared experience around e-commerce and it wasn't necessarily about the tech uh, that divided us. I'd love to see that happen again. Maybe it can. Maybe it can. And I'm going to start right now because even though you have a competitive podcast that takes listeners away from me, Phil, <laughs> where can people go find you? Where can they listen to you? Where can they leave a review and smash that subscribe button? smash that but uh well first of all you're going to be listening to rolled up uh first that's the first thing you're going to do but uh, the second thing you could do is hey go over to futurecommerce.fm and it's uh future commerce is our our one podcast it's uh, you know it's we've been around for four years and uh we have an an amazing show that really talks you know more about like the vision and goals of what e-commerce can be rather than the strategies and tactics uh, and then we have an amazing show called Stairway to CEO hosted by Lee Green. And she's a serial founder on her own, uh, in her own right. And uh, she talks about like the childhood and like life uh, experience and upbringing of CEOs of indirect to consumer brands and kind of gets down to the meat of it and uh, kind of figures out how they tick. Uh, and both of those podcasts can be found wherever podcasts are uh, found. Yeah, preferably on Amazon Audible. That's my choice for podcasts. <laughs> On that note, that is a wrap. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Make sure you're subscribed. If you can't leave a review for Phil, I'll take it. Love them. We'll see you back here soon. Delivering Amazon-like speed to customers. That's what TB12 wanted when they went with ShipBob, and that's what they got. In addition to 25% cost savings since switching 3PLs to ShipBob, if the GOAT Tom Brady trusts ShipBob with his company, you should too head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see how much you could be saving while also growing your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.